0: Hello, my name is Rebecca May Johnson. I'm a writer and cook, and this is my Substack. This week's newsletter is about growing and eating artichokes, with a menu and a recipe, and my eating notes from the last two weeks. Apologies for no newsletter last week. Normal service is now resumed. Artichoke season. It felt like I didn't leave my chair for weeks as I worked to meet various deadlines, and every time I had a free moment to go to the allotment, it was raining. In between the rain came the sun, and a sense of dread sprouted and grew, as I knew the weeds would be doing too. When I finally got to the plot, the grasses, wild barley, mallow, groundsel, hawkweed, and self-seeded chard had shot up and reached chest height. The path between my plot and my neighbour's was almost impassable at several points as vegetation ceased to be able to support its great new heights and flopped rudely into his space. I panicked and cut down as much as I could with shears and an electric strimmer. My neighbour left me a voicemail about grasses last summer and I didn't want to upset him again. And I took some of the chard home to eat. As well as weeds, though, the artichoke plants are thriving. They like the often arid and windy slope of the allotment site. And each spring, after the first year I planted them from seed they begin producing in the second year, They have erupted into six by eight foot monsters with over 20 edible buds per plant. The Violetta variety have long sharp spikes at the end of their petals and as I reached over the plant I felt a sharp pain in my arm and then saw blood. I wondered if Violetta artichokes had ever been intentionally weaponised. When I was at the plot again a few days ago, a man with an allotment on the opposite side of the site Lent over the fence and said he'd never seen artichokes on an allotment before. Although actually there were several others on the site when I arrived three years ago. I said they do well here. They don't mind that it's often dry. I said I like to grow them as you can't buy them in the shops round here. And he said it didn't seem like you get that much to eat for each plant. I said that can sometimes be true but then pointed to one plant with around 30 buds on it. And afterwards I reflected how, despite the heap of debris I trim off before cooking artichokes, I find them quite rich and there is often much more to eat than I have anticipated. This was the case when I braised some to have as part of a meal that might be summarised as a vegetarian buffet and I was left with enough left over for another dish the next day recipes below there are more artichokes than i can deal with unless i do nothing else for several weeks but i have picked a lot and thanks to people on twitter for some excellent recipe ideas this is the menu i made marinated mozzarella with fennel seeds lemon zest olive oil and a few diced cherry tomatoes shaved raw asparagus salad with parmesan lemon juice and olive oil diced fried potatoes with rosemary and artichoke hearts cooked in a roman style as in this rachel roddy recipe with the artichokes are peeled of tough outer leaves and tough green skin with a sharp knife i remove the straw in the middle with a teaspoon Rub it with a cut lemon as you do this to stop browning. Then stand them on their ends and braise until tender in a covered saucepan with olive oil and water and white wine if you like, coming a third of the way up the artichokes. Also salt and pepper, finely diced garlic, a little chopped mint and finished with a squeeze of lemon juice. I also like them cooked this way with whole coriander seeds, as in a patient's grey recipe. This was a bit like a party, or a muted version of an Ottolenghi cafe with fewer herbs. And I had a good amount of artichoke left over afterwards, which led to another recipe the next day to use them up, as well as a few asparagus spears I had. Rich artichoke pasta with leftover braised artichokes. This dish took around 30 minutes or less to make And was luxuriant and delicious. Ingredients. Serves A 100 grams of pasta per person. Two to three cooked artichoke hearts. Diced. You could use frozen ones that you have boiled in salted water till soft. Or brined ones. Optional. Two to three asparagus spears. Trimmed of woody ends and cut into one inch sections. Two tablespoons of diced guanciale or pancetta, lardons or smoked bacon. Two garlic cloves, finely chopped. Two tablespoons of creme fraiche, or the same with double cream and a squeeze of lemon. 125 ml of dry vermouth or white wine. Three tablespoons of finely grated, fresh parmesan and to serve more parmesan how to make put on 2 liters of water to boil with a teaspoon of salt per liter put the guanciale in a large in a frying pan that's large enough to take all of the pasta on a low medium heat and fry so that its fat renders out and the meat becomes crisp it will take about 5 minutes or so guanciale is very fatty so if you're using bacon or pancetta, add two tablespoons of olive oil and fry until crisp but not dried out. Turn the heat down and add the garlic. Allow to sizzle for a few seconds watching it does not burn. Then add the vermouth or white wine and let it bubble and the alcohol cook off for a minute or so. But don't let it dry out completely. Then add the artichokes and stir into the wine and guanciale mix. Allow everything to simmer for two to three minutes, but again, don't let it dry out. At this point, put the pasta on to boil with the asparagus sections to cook for three, two to three minutes until tender. That is, cook the asparagus for two to three minutes until tender, not the pasta. <laughs> then off the heat, Add the creme fraiche or cream and stir into the sauce. Then put it back on a low heat and allow it to bubble gently for a minute or two. Add in the asparagus spears to the sauce with the tablespoons of grated parmesan. Melt the cheese into the sauce. Taste for seasoning and add salt if needed and some black pepper. Drain the pasta, saving a cup of water and Add the pasta to the sauce in the frying pan with a few tablespoons of its cooking liquid. Toss well to distribute the sauce, adding more pasta water if needed. Don't panic if it seems too wet at sauce, the pasta will carry on absorbing liquid. Serve with black pepper and extra parmesan on top. Eating notes. Internet and now real life friend, Angela Hoy cooked a meal for me and writer Simran Hans at her house last week. I've been immersed in Angela's book, Takeaway, Stories from a Childhood Behind the Counter, which comes out on the 21st of July. In Takeaway, Angela tells a loving, moving, very funny and sometimes deeply painful account of growing up behind the counter of a Chinese takeaway in rural Wales she and her two brothers work long hours after school with their parents. Narratives of migration, survival, racism and the challenges of navigating multiple cultures and languages as a child are threaded through with portraits of local characters, the yearnings of growing up and lots of cooking. I urge everyone to buy this book And also, a great and generous gift amidst Angela's memoir, is recipes. Between chapters, there are dishes from the takeaway menu and from Angela's family meals. On Friday, Angela made Simran and me, Dad's off-menu ribs, and they were amazing. Sweet, with great depth and falling off the bone. Angela said they were the best she'd ever made. I can't wait to make them using recipe from her book. She also made us sea bass, steamed with sizzling ginger, spring onions and garlic, cucumber salad, rice, tomato egg, sticky zongzi, greened with exo sauce and then homemade amalfi lemon sorbet. Angela thought she'd made too much food but she hadn't reckoned with mine and Simran's ability and ardent desire to eat all of the delicious food she'd cooked. On Sunday, I travelled from Essex to Bath by train, and Sam made me a very good packed lunch. The start attraction was a fish finger roll. The roll was from Worcester's Bakery in Bardwell, around which I plotted a walking route using the beloved OS Maps app. Apart from the roll, which is among the best I've had, and a generous amount of fish fingers, four, with butter underneath, it was good because of Sam's tartar sauce. Quote, French's mustard, two teaspoons. Hellman's mayonnaise, maybe three tablespoons. About a tablespoon of chopped raw onion and some sliced pickles. I think that was shared between both of our rolls. Also in my packed lunch were some walkers, cheese and onion crisps, bought after seeing Nigella make a crisp sandwich on the brand's new advert, some mini sesame cookies from the Chinese supermarket, and a tiny packet of seasoned tofu. Cupie mayonnaise, deep roasted sesame dressing. I tasted this at my friend's house, and wow, I'm going to buy some and dip. Carrot sticks in it, as my friend Hannah suggested. A fried egg sandwich on white bread, also bought after being influenced by the recent Nigella Crisp Sandwich advert with ketchup and butter. And half a slice of toast with apricot jam and black coffee. A Morrison's Neapolitan Ice Cream Sandwich. Thanks for listening.